Good morning. Good morning. Yesterday we did the 12th chapter of the book of Shofetim, where we did the, after Yiftach, there were a few of these smaller leaders, where they basically just described the leader's wealth. One of them had 30 sons and 30 daughters, and he married, out his 30, married off his 30 daughters, and he brought in wives for 30 sons. Another one had 30 boys, 30... 40, 40 kids and, and, 30, and, 30, and 30, grandkids. 30 grandkids. Is that the number? 70 horses or something. Yeah. 40 kids and 30 grandkids that oh. would walk, that were, that were riding on colts. That was Avdon ben Hillel Hapir Atoni. And then Avdon ben Hillel passed away and he was buried in Pir Aton in the land of Ephraim, Behar Ha'amaleki. I read an interesting thing. I'm going to read it for you. You remember that Ibtsan? Ibtsan was one of them, right? Ibtsan was the first one. He had 30 boys and 30 girls. So Ibtsan, here. If Ibtsan came from Beit Lechem of Yehuda, this is from the book Judges, The Perils of Possession by Michael Hatton. If Ibtsan came from Beit Lechem of Yehuda, then he's the second judge from the tribe of Yehuda to be recorded in our book. The first was Otniel, the son of Kenaz, who captures Kiryat Sefer, and he wins the glory of marrying Caleb's daughter. Later, Otniel defeated the tyrant Kushan, thus earning his place as the first of the judges. Ivtsan, coming at the end of the book from Otniel's same tribe, serves as the closing bracket to Otniel's promising beginning. So it's almost like it's, it's giving you like a contrast. Between Otniel from Yehuda and Ivtsan from Yehuda. His mention extends to us invitation to ponder further the steep curve of deterioration traced by the lives and times of the judges. Very interesting. Also, he discusses Ivtsan being Boaz, but he doesn't really give any good explanation for why the Chachamim thought to say that. Okay. Next piece is the birth of Shimshon. Birth of Shimshon is the beginning of chapter 13. We begin by being introduced to the Philistines, to the Palestinians, or to the Pelishtim, actually. So a couple of interesting notes. First of all, where did the Pelishtim come from? The West. Not, not really from the West, They're but from like, from like Greece. They, they came from like the islands around Greece, and then and they landed on the coast, on the coasts of Israel around like 1200 BCE. They were always a nuisance. The problem with the Philistines is, is they're known for um, crude sexual behavior, inappropriate sexual behavior, but they're also known for their iron work and their iron uh, um, thing. Their, uh, their smith work and their, their weaponry. And because they were good, they had more advanced weaponry than the other people, something you'll see in the Tanakh is that the Pilishim are a formidable enemy. They have strong weapons, they have iron chariots and all these things. Um, another thing that's interesting about the Pelishtim, I want to read you this note. One last thing about the Pelishtim. We know where they came from. We know why they're, they're a difficult enemy. They were very technologically advanced. Uh, but I want to show you one point. Very, very interesting point. Okay, look at this. This is a crazy note. Ready? Parenthetically, it should be emphasized. This is from that same book I just quoted. It should be emphasized that the name Palestine was imposed on the province of Judea 
by the Roman Emperor Hadrian after he cruelly suppressed the Bar Kokhba revolt in the 2nd century CE, more than a thousand years after the events of our book. Hadrian's renaming of a conscious... Hadrian's renaming was a conscious evocation of the ancient animosities, although by that time the Philistines had long ceased to exist. So Hadrian, the Roman emperor, who put down the Bar Kokhba rebellion, renamed Israel Palestine to make fun of them, because who was our enemy back in the time of Shimshon? The Pilishnim. So originally the name Palestine was given to to Israel to make fun, to degrade the Jewish people, and to name their land after the land of their enemies, okay? And it was done by Hadrian, the, the evil emperor of the Romans. The Romans, fed up with Jewish resistance and ongoing opposition to their harsh and rapacious rule, decided to commemorate their bloody victory over the Jews by derisively renaming these lands Syria-Palestina, so that Israel's ancient connection to the place might be expunged from memory in favor of their implacable foe who had harshly oppressed them some 13 centuries earlier. Therefore, it is one of history's greatest ironies that the present-day conflict between Israel and its... Therefore, it is of history's greatest ironies that the present-day conflict between Israel and its mortal enemies who dwell in Gaza and call themselves Palestinians echoes, at least in name, the early decisive clash. It's like, it's like an, almost like an accident of history that today we're still fighting the Palestinians. Yeah. Because Hadrian, Palestine, the Pilishtim didn't exist anymore. The name was given to Israel by Hadrian, a Roman emperor, to make fun of the Jewish people for their enemy from a thousand years prior. The name stuck for 2,000 years after Hadrian. It was then placed on the people who were living there before Midnight Israel, and now we're fighting the Pilishtim again. Right? I don't know. If, if you don't see God's hand in that, then... Okay, let's do a few psukim, but just because we just did too much intro today. Uh, the chapter, 13th chapter begins, And the Jewish people continued to do what was evil in the eyes of God. And God gave them to the hands of the Pilishim for 40 years. It's a long time. 40 years. 40 years under the domination of the, of the Pilishim. There was one man from the city of Tzor'ah, from the family of Dan. His name was Yalada, And his wife was barren and she did not give birth. This is a very typical problem amongst women in B'nai Israel, that they're barren, they do not give birth. Sarah, uh, Rachel, Chana, uh, very, very classic thing. And an angel appeared to the woman. And he said to the woman, He the angel appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and you have not, not given birth, but you will conceive and you will have a child. You have a boy. And the angel says to the woman, But be careful, do not drink any wine, wine or intoxicating beverages, and do not uh, touch or eat anything that is tameh. For you will give birth. You should not put a razor on his head, you should not cut his hair. For this child shall be a nazir, Separate guy unto God from the from the womb, and he will begin to save Israel from the Pilishtim. We're going to stop there, uh, but basically that's the intro. The angel comes to the wife and says, "You're going to give birth to a child, and you have to make sure to make sure he's a nazir from birth." So we have to analyze why. Why does he need to be a nazir from birth? What is a and what is a nazir? And uh, yeah, and that's going to play into why. You know, we have to know what a nazir is and why specifically does he need to do it. Amen. 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 Amen.